0: Keep Rainman Digital on the air by pledging to our Patreon page. Uh, your continued support allows us to continue to make great content and offer even better features in the future. Help us keep the lights on in the studio by pledging $1 to $10 a month. Go to patreon.com slash Digital to pledge. Warning from the back to take contains adult language and discussions. If you're easily offended, do not continue. We would be honored
1: if you would join us. Work-ups on your condition indicate that all damage has been reversed. Recovery is total. I believe you have been quite fortunate. No further thanks are necessary, Commander, but you are most welcome. It is my function and pleasure as a matter of to help and heal human beings.
0: I am a Jedi. Like my father before me. Welcome, everyone, to Star Wars from the Back to Tank, the Bad Batch Edition. I am Michael, your host, as per usual, and in the studio, also swimming in back to waters that are dingy with disease, is David. Hello, Dave. How's it going, everybody? And Lauren is trying to stay afloat and away from David. Hello, Lauren.
1: (laughs) We're all infected. It's fine. (laughs)
0: All right, so we are here today to talk about, of course, Bad Batch, but episode 7. That's going to be our focus, titled Battle Scars. And, you know, I'm always amazed with this team, like what they can do with such a small amount (laughs) of running time. Oh, heck yeah. You're looking at 28 minutes, and I'm not, no, might be less than that, maybe 26 minutes, because then we have those two minutes of credits. But in just 26 to 28 minutes... They just give us so much. This episode had a lot of heart and a lot of emotion wrapped up in that 20 some minutes. And I like what they did with the time gap between the episodes. You get the idea that some time has passed between the previous episode and the current. And honestly, that just helps with, with a lot of things. I'm a big fan of movie franchises, TV shows, as long as it makes sense. Yes. I mean, don't cheat and try to, you know, you know, fast forward through your narrative because your writing sucks. That isn't the case with something like this, but that's an element that always worked for me when it came to the original trilogy, as well as the prequel, you have a lots of time that passed. So it gives you a chance to see not just a day in the life of a character, but Hey, this is a time span. You have just spent yeah. the last 15 years with these groups of characters. And that way we build as an audience, we feel a lot more rapport with these characters. Cause we feel like we've shared a large amount of time with them and them going in that, I guess formula or that template with bad batch, giving us that bit of time. I mean, it's not a bunch of time, I'm not talking years past, no. but you do get the idea that several weeks or possibly months pass, And I feel that works. It allows Omega to find her groove a little quicker than waiting another three or four episodes so it did work,
2: oh, it did. I mean that the beginning showed at least there's some progression in the relationships of their uh, their dynamic as a team or even at this point as a family, yeah, and like i it's it's just boggles my mind how well this creative team is able to actually make these relationships among the characters really matter, yeah, I mean, like seven episodes in and we feel it like we i feel b- i it. believe it even even with the bad batch and rex when they get together you sense that basically yeah, yeah that relation there's that re- relationship there that they've been through a war and there's like a, a brotherhood a camar- camaraderie between them yeah and it's it's very similar to how all the clones are but now that it's now that basically things have changed the empire is now in control and a lot, of the clone, a lot of the clones are not who they were before the Empire took over. Right. So their friendship means that much more that now. That friendship, yeah. that bond actually seems more personal, Yeah. especially when Rex, in the end, with that conversation between Rex and Hunter, where, like, Hunter's, like, we're, they're the only ones left. They're, I mean, they're the only ones that have the inhibitor chip out of them now what does that mean do they go get everybody else and it's like you do get that sense that now their bond as like soldiers and brothers it's changed it's changed but it's it's, it's almost got more personal now yes that's exactly
0: what i was thinking
1: it's it's absolutely more personal too because it's not just built off of you know programming and following orders you know they they don't have the chips um they're not basically required to think of each other in a way that that breeds loyalty you know yeah. now it's just purely respect like we've been through the same thing we've fought alongside of each other and the simple things that they did in this episode like it's it seems silly to be like oh it was great when they ask rex where he's been but no i mean it It matters it matters that they say yeah. rex where have you been well like everything yeah. has been falling apart we haven't been able to find you like how have you escaped all of this
0: yeah i i love that part and yeah. them bringing rex in for this uh you know small appearance it gives the idea that things have been happening with him as well that he's already been through a lot never mind the fall of the republic but since then you get the idea just by the way they animated him that he's worn like yes. even omega's comment you have you know, the fact that she can notice his wrinkles You know, that's a way of stating that this guy has been through it. Yes. You know, and I just love that you get the idea that he's off being busy doing his thing, possibly having some part to play with the very beginnings of the Rebel Alliance and the whole fulcrum situation with Ahsoka. Not just that, but also the fact that the thing
2: I really like is... Filoni and them have still continued the story of Rex from the end of Clone Wars, the final season, where yep, where like Rex is still dealing with the fact that that trauma of having to bury and kill his own men, and like I love the fact that he still has the sc- the scratches on his helmet at the if if you know in the final season, those scratches aren't the people he's killed; it's his brothers that he had to
0: kill and bury.
1: Yep. His brothers in arms.
0: That scene at the end with the helmet. I mean, that is a very telling moment. I don't know how you interpreted it, but I interpreted it as almost like, why am I still wearing this thing? Why am I still wearing it? What does it represent? It's almost like he's trying to figure, not just the situation, what's going on, but himself. Like, who who am I now? This, for so many years, represented my identity. And now, now what? Now it's all scarred and tattered. And like the things
2: that he feels are him or remind him of him is the
0: scratch is the scratches or the marks of his, you know, dead brothers. and Possibly. Hey, listen, it could all feel like a lie to him as well. Like, is this, is any of this real, like the, well, the brotherhood, you know, the, the love we had for each other, our, our independence, did any of it matter or was it all programming? Like, these are the things they're going to move into. I'm sure because oh, yeah. if you're actually paying attention to the show, there's so much subtext there that ex That uh, that definitely helps pave paths to go in all types of different directions, specifically uh, the existential type, you know, dealing with existence and and who we are and our our place. And that was something that that you just brought up a a moment ago, Dave, about the ending and the conversation between Hunter and Rex. I mean, who are we? Where do we go? Where do we go? They're both. Each group is trying to figure things out. And that's one of the strongest. I I feel like this might be one of the best episodes, if not the best episode of the season, because of everything that was just put into it. It wasn't the the obvious when people put their hands together and and pound their chest and say this is the greatest episode ever because of all the action and 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 all that type stuff, the typical things that people, you know, rally behind. But in the way of just pure subtext and the meanings behind everything. I feel like this episode stands above the rest so far. Possibly,
2: I think easily because like we're seeing the growth of Clone Force ninety nine. We're seeing the growth of their their group at going from being a bunch of soldiers to being almost more family like. Because mm-hmm. especially with the addition of Omega and the, seeing the relationship she has with Wrecker, and you know, you mean Recall. <laughs> <I recall. laughs> but the, the 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 relationships of all of the characters now seem so much more organic and not as sterile like you would expect in a soldier environment right it's more complicated it's more you know like you have that that I enjoyed that moment when Wrecker and Omega, after a mission, what do they do? They go and basically buy those snacks and enjoy them together. Yeah. It's, it, and they Space treat it popcorn. like it's a tradition. Yeah. Yeah. Is
0: that flavored popcorn? Cause I, I wanted <laughs> some <something> really <laughs> like bad. That.
1: It reminds me of the uh, the flavored popcorn that they have at Galaxy's Edge, and that's Vegas what, I, Land, was honestly. Oh, that's
0: what the, I was thinking. Oh, look, that's what I was thinking. Product placement, son of a bitches, man. <laughs> <laughs> no one has had a no one is a better marketer than Disney. <laughs> <laughs> that's what
2: I was thinking. when it all of a sudden, they're going, oh my god, I think that's the popcorn they sell at the oh, that's awesome. awesome Filoni... If Politi was probably going, "Let's just add this in there, oh, just listen, to keep everybody I'll happy sell out a little bit, you know. <laughs> sell it's out all out a right little
0: bit. i I get it. I understand my 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 purpose here. Listen, I can tell my own stories, boom, I gotta sell my soul so, a little bit, okay, okay, it'll <laughs> <That'll> be it. <laughs> Yeah, so the whole Rex appearance is something we all knew would happen because it makes sense. We talked about it in the very first episode. I wasn't expecting fact, this soon, though, dude. Well, Dave, you're, you're the one who said it. Your, your theory was, I said Ahsoka. You said, I, I want to say for the first episode, the second episode, you said that Rex would be the one. This is your exact words. Rex would be the one to help with the removal of the inhibitor chip because shit. it just makes sense, dude.
2: Yeah, but I wasn't expecting. I wasn't expecting it this soon. Yeah, because like we're
0: still. I mean, we're at the half point. Is it really so soon though? Yeah, we're just about halfway. So I think it makes sense. Midpoint, you know, closing in on the third act of the first season. I feel like the timing's just right. Just right. Yeah.
2: Because I honestly thought this moment when they get their inhibitor shit sticking out would have been saved. Their inhibitor shits?
0: Their inhibitor Uh, shits. Is that something? Is that (laughs)
2: canon? I I don't know. I can't talk right now. But (laughs) I honestly thought that moment would have been saved for the season finale.
0: You well, know, like, well, does that make you get more excited now? Because what do they
1: have oh, in easily, store now for easily. the season finale? Yeah. Because now I'm like, right. If that was just some random episode.
2: <laughs> yeah. Does this mean that they're going to try to save Crosshairs? Yeah. Because that, that would be the only thing I would be thinking now is, well, they're all, they're all, quote unquote, safe. Yeah. And well, we all know all, that they want, they want to get Crosshairs back.
0: Yeah. It's going in that direction. I, it, the question is, is is it going to be that easy? Are they going to be able to save Crosshair? I mean, we haven't seen much of them since, uh, I don't know what, three episodes ago. So I feel like that's definitely going to play a big part uh, towards the ending of the season. But I don't think it's going to be the only thing. I think there's going to be a few more surprises for sure. Um, one thing that really worked for me as well is the idea, the allusions to the fact that Rex is keeping Ahsoka's secret, her survival a secret. And if listen, if the idea that the Jedi are all but extinct, leading to into a new hope, is to remain intact, and it has to, they need to make sure characters hold on to certain secrets. Like oh, yeah. we have Cal, whatever from the video game, alive currently in this time period. Cal we Kestis, have, yeah, uh, the last Padawan, Kanan. We have Ahsoka. We have. These people that are surviving in in an alleged time where they were all but extinct. And listen, I understand this is a huge galaxy and three people that escaped from the cracks or even ten. I mean, that's definitely feasible and believable. But we also have to be careful how much we're willing to go in that direction. So the idea that Ahsoka is being kept a secret, I like that. And I'm almost... I almost prefer it now when I think about it, like do I want to see ahsoka in this? I don't know. I feel like it's very important yeah. for her her survival to remain secret, especially if the reveal in rebels is to still yes. be effective
1: keep keep in mind too that um you know so order sixty six happened and they they wiped out all of the jedi quote unquote or at least tried to, but keep in mind that there would be no need for the uh, the Inquisitor, or the, exactly, you know, brothers and sisters like the second sister and you know, a fifth brother, whatever, like all of them. There would be no need for them if there weren't a large quantity of Jedi, Padawan, Force sensitive, whoever out in the galaxy, because the Empire is either going to kill them or take them. Well, so especially if, you some... know, Ahsoka's not the only one out there. It's not like there's only like a handful. There's a bunch, right. yeah. so we don't need to see Ahsoka. That secret needs to be kept because
0: Vader, Vader would know too. Like if he, yeah, yeah. So keeping her hidden until the right time is vital in order to again make sure Vader doesn't look like an idiot that he can't sense his own Padawan out there. Yeah,
2: because you gotta remember that it would ruin that whole moment when Vader comes to the realization and that scene. That still to me gives me. So it gets me nerd chills oh, when yeah. he basically says, "Ah, the apprentice still oh, I lives," love it, dude. and then he flies off, and yeah. I'm like, "Well, now he knows Ahsoka's
0: alive." Yeah, and- we gotta, we gotta hold on, and to we that. gotta yeah.
2: hold on to that. I mean, yeah. like the beauties of Rebels. What Rebels did was it did express the fact that the Emperor and Vader still continued hunting down Jedi right till that point because remember they had. Uh, one of the biggest missions and moments in Rebels was them going to see if they can save uh, a supposed captured
0: Jedi only to find out that she passed away. Yeah. And it was her body. <laughs> then, yeah, yeah the, the reason why this feels so consistent and we should always thank our lucky stars is because Filoni has been the singular creative mind, him and Lucas for Clone Wars and much of Bad Batch I mean, including Lucas into that because the Bad Batch was essentially Lucas and Filoni working together on that idea. So we have the Ahsoka series coming out. We have Rebels. We have Clone Wars. And of course we have the Bad Batch. Which all of them are probably going to feel like its own little mini universe. All written, you know, Creatively with Filoni at the helm. And I feel like that's the reason why these properties here, when it comes to star Wars, just feel so, I mean, listen, it works with all of star Wars, but the story of Ahsoka so good, how it, and Rex even how it innervates in all these different avenues. And it works in a way that just feels consistent. And that's uh, a testament to keeping a singular creative mind sometimes across, you know, years of storytelling, because why, there are no issues pertaining to potential retcons or inconsistencies when it comes to direction. Yeah. I mean, I think all of us can agree that was the probably if you had to point to one big problem with the new trilogy, it's creative direction. Every movie was a new direction. Well, there were too many too many cooks in the kitchen. Yeah. So yeah.
1: not enough cohesive stuff happening.
0: Yeah. So ultimately I feel like Rex's appearance worked with what the purpose of behind the reasoning I should say behind why he was even included for example I have a feeling that this is less about of course Rex and Ahsoka in the bigger story and more about closing the door on the possibility that this would be a show about Rex and Ahsoka
2: well did you like how a
0: lot of people assume this is going to be a show you know parallel stories with the Bad Batch and Ahsoka and Rex and who knows what the future will be you know but for now it It was relatively clear to me that the writers were telling us that 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 this door is closed, but we're going to leave it unlocked. That's why we had, you know, the Bad Batch um, Hunter tell Rex, hey, if you need us, we're here. But you know where to find us. But they're going in their separate directions. And I feel like that was a little message to the fans. Hey, listen, the show's about them. We will bring them in as we need them. And we're going to leave that door cracked open, possibly unlocked. Oh, for now, we're going in separate directions. And I I don't think Rex is going to have a bigger part to play.
2: No, because like I think even visually, I love how Rex exited because he just walks into the mist and disappears, and it's like such a stage thing. he just exits stage right, yeah,
0: it <laughs> just like it was a little sad see you see you later, yeah, and yeah, I heard the Hulk theme, yeah, know? exactly.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I was yeah. like, they should have like some kind of
0: weird music, like just play as he's just walking out into the mist, but you know, I am okay with this like. I mean, this is the bad batch. And for their story to stand out, it needs to be about them them. and where they go from here. And that's something, you know, they, meaning our characters, will need to figure out. And I like that.
2: Well, that's why uh, going back to like, it goes in line with like what you just said earlier about cohesion. It's so good to have Filoni as the single mind pushing everything as as the story. Yeah. Because Filoni can choose to decide, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to at least bring up this tied to their story. It's not going to, it's not deviating away from their story. It's not a standalone episode. No, it's going to, they're, they're going to meet, but then they're going to deviate. Right. And if you had like a a person, if you had like multiple people in, in the room giving ideas, I think you would have like this muddled mess. Oh, we got to do this. Oh, we got to, for sure. We got to, we have to make this callback because this character is around that area. That's why I got excited about how they treated the locations they've been going to so far in Bad, mm-hmm. Bad Batch. Yeah. Well, some of them have been like familiar, you know, they've been going to familiar spots. This time we went to Bracca and it, the only way you would know that planet is if you played <laughs> Fallen Order. Right. And Yep. If you play it, Once they went to Bracca, I was like going, okay, this is interesting. I like the fact that Filoni brought this in. Does this mean that he's going to bring in Cal?
0: Yeah, I have a feeling we're going to see him. I think so, too. We always, especially when je- we always need a Jedi. They shut the door on Ahsoka for the time being. Yes. And I feel like Cal's going to be the guy. Yeah.
2: I, especially. And he's, the and he's deal still with kind the, of a baby. Yeah. Yeah. He's still a kid. And like when you get to the point that they're going to deal with the Scrapper Guild. This is, uh, it's going to be interesting if Filoni uses this to explain how Cal got. To where he was at the beginning of Jedi Fallen Order,
0: because remember, as long as it feels natural, I'm open for exactly anything.
2: But think about it; it fits perfectly with the story of Bad Batch so far, especially with how they've been, how their story started,
0: finding their path, finding their path, yeah, or their purpose and their purpose. Yeah, I've I've always had an affinity for stories that are about characters finding themselves or finding their path, their purpose. I mean, as humans, we are you know creatures of habit, so when we are forced to change and adapt usually makes for an interesting character journey and if we get to ride shotgun during this process then that's a good story most of the time yeah so uh, for me the best thing the absolute best thing about this episode was the reveal that the clones do in fact know what's going on they are essentially being violated at the <laughs> yes. highest level i mean i've been waiting for them to clarify that i've always felt like it was tragic that the clones freedoms were You know, ripped from them, robbed of any agency over themselves and used for nefarious intent. But I had always reasoned that they had no idea what they were doing, that they were completely programmed. But after what Wrecker said, it makes it that much more terrible because Wrecker knew what he was doing was not right. And a part of him wanted to stop and he couldn't. And he couldn't. So imagine an entire species, the clones, let's just call them species, who grew to be unique individuals who became part of a brotherhood are now not in control, but are permanent prisoners within their own mind. And now let's take this to Crosshair. What does this mean for him? I had said a few episodes ago, it seemed like Crosshair was unhappy when he's walked into the barracks. Yeah. And he looked at the the beds that are now being filled by people. He has no idea who they are. He's not enjoying any of this. So now that we got that clarification, That makes this entire thing that much more depressing.
2: Oh, it is. And and it makes the Empire look totally evil. Oh, yeah. Because think about it. I mean, that technology to just brainwash someone gets carried on. If you think about it, it gets carried on into the First Order. Look what they did to the Stormtroopers, especially with like a character like with Finn. Yeah, who broke his? Pro- uh, remember they call it programming.
0: But he had the force, though. <laughs> he had
2: the force. We think, yeah. <laughs> but like it. That whole I. Did, the, you know what's weird, Mike? When I saw that and I saw that story start to unfold in the episode. Yeah. It kind of made me uh, just a little bit angry because I'm like going, "This is the type of episode I was waiting for." Like a character like Finn in the new, in the new
0: trilogy. Yeah. What? Well, well, because. You mean good, well developed characters? You were waiting for that in uh, the new trilogy. Yeah, a character, uh, <laughs> a character story about a a, a a
2: person who is forced to do something. I, I
0: that they, dude. We we were really excited. No control. We were really excited when when Finn was introduced. We we're like, fuck, dude. They could do a lot of cool things with this character, and they did none of them. They did none of them. And then all of a sudden, we have to wait
2: till Filoni takes over and says, "Bad batch. Here we go." Here's the story that we technically could have had. See,
0: that's the cool thing about Filoni. Like we, we all say, many fans will say, you know, give all of Star Wars to Filoni. But when you really think about it, Filoni is the one crafting the landscape of Star Wars with his stories. Because everyone then follows up what he's doing. They don't, obviously they don't change what he's doing. They're not allowed to. This is all canon across the board. Comics, books, movies, TV shows. But when you think about it, Dave is the one making the the big strokes. It's weird you say that because, yeah, I just thought about
2: it right now. and He is tying together every even Mandalorian. Think yes, about he it. Is, he was he, behind
0: Mandalorian. He is tying together every timeline. Every different uh, age within Star Wars chronologically, when you think about it. He's bringing it all Dave together.
1: Dave Dave Filoni is like, uh, like the 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 three fates in Greek mythology, like weaving everything together, <laughs> yeah, deciding yeah, everyone's fate. It's so
2: weird.
0: <laughs> it's, it's, seriously, I mean, the greatest trick you know Dave Filoni ever pulled was pretending he's not leading Star Wars. When exactly he is. What he is, because yeah. like. Dude, I he's mean, in the perfect position. Like, people keep trying to say, let him direct. Let him be in charge. He's probably like, I am kind of am. Like, just leave me alone. Whoa. Don't don't put the spotlight on me. Let me stay in the corners here and just do my thing. Because once the spotlight's on me, things are going to change.
1: He doesn't yeah. have to take a single bit of heat at all.
2: No. Nope. No heat on him. But, nope. like, the very beginning of this new era of Star Wars, J.J. and Kathleen Kennedy were the ones that were everyone thought, oh, their ideas is what's going to drive Star Wars forward. But when you think about it, it was Filoni to this point that has drawn, that has drawn the most narratives.
0: He's, he is pitching the projects that then allow him to craft the landscape. And now it's canon. I mean, even Mandalorian, it makes you wonder, you know, Filoni or not Filoni, uh, Favaro wrote that script during Christmas. You know and as a joke as a fan film and he sent it to Floney to review if you remember the story and uh, Floney said let's see what we can do with this I mean Floney probably grabbed at it because he's all shit this is my time frame that I'm trying to work in right now we're gonna fix it (laughs) I like your idea let me executive produce it and keep an eye on you (laughs) It's so messed up, but it's, dude, he is fucking Caesar, dude. That's who he is. He's like the secret, the secret leader. He's, he's he's the Caesar of Star Wars. He's dude. the
2: Caesar of Star Wars. He's just working within the shadows. <laughs> oh my god, you're right.
0: Yeah. So, all right. Well, this brings us to the end of our discussion. I wanted to get into Cal Kestis a bit more, but I, I think we pretty much we breezed over it. But that was the gist of it, right? I think most of us are soon yeah that he's gonna be popping in how old is he at this time is this right around the same time as the video game or no 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 this no. is a little before the video game just a little bit though right just a little bit because doesn't, because... He, doesn't he escape as kind of a an older kid and in, in revenge of the sith time i i can't so, remember so
1: what what happens in the game without like totally i don't know spoiling story and whatever uh right. you first meet Cal at the beginning of the game. Um god, I want to say like 8 years after Order 66 or like somewhere okay. around there. Like yeah. he's a young adult at that time. Um because he was a like kid. Luke Skywalker age in A New Hope. Yeah, because
2: um, he was there for the for the uh mm-hmm. the massacre at at Curzon, you, if I'm not correct. And then yeah. like
1: you you get to see um you get to st- you get to live Order 66 through Cal Kestis's experience in the game. And it's yeah. honestly heartbreaking because you know it's coming. It is. You just, you know it's coming. <laughs> so, yeah, you get you get to do that as a flashback.
2: That's why I was, like, thinking, like, with Cal Kestis, we're not going to get Cal from the video game, straight from the video game. We're mm-hmm. going to get a young Cal.
0: If we get him, right? So how old would he be around this time right. period? Probably about like he's
1: Um, about Kanan's age.
2: Yeah, Kanan's age. Okay,
0: when uh, that's why I thought we'll get like our own version of the super sons. Stupid, (laughs) so dumb. That's why I thought it would
2: just narratively would make sense to have a Cal show up. Yeah, at the age when you know Kanan Kanan escaped uh, Hunter, so Hunter suddenly has to deal with another young Jedi.
0: Yeah, well, well, we'll see. I mean, I don't know. We are starting to sound a little bit like those those nerd sites that try to derive you know nothing out of something on yeah. every t- single episode <laughs> within Geekdom. But <laughs> I mean, because technically all we have to go on is the planet. Bracka. It's the That's planet it. But yeah. okay, I have a question. Really fast before we close out. Okay, am I the only one that thought those? Um, and maybe I'm just being a, a an idiot here. The scrappers. Yeah. Did, have they? Have we seen scrappers like that before? Because their helmets look a lot like the Knights of Ren. I'm not. Oh no, that. they You're, do
1: look a lot like them.
0: They do. Okay, and even the the way the voice is modulated sounds like how they talk. Yeah, or at least how Kylo Ren t- uh, spoke in the movies. Well.
2: The big one that everyone actually has been pointing out is like they're very reminiscent to like Darth Revan's mask.
0: Oh, okay. Which
2: is the inspiration for, uh, for the
0: Knights of Wren. Right. So, so I'm not the only one here on this little, on this no, limb. Okay. Because no. I, I but, wasn't, I almost wasn't going to mention it because I didn't want to come off as one of those people that always like to make up shit.
1: But we did see, um, in, in Jedi Fallen Order, we did see, um, riggers or scrappers with those helmets so scrappers. that is a familiar oh, yes. aspect okay. as well that like that's in Jedi Fallen Order because that's that's basically Cal's okay. job when you first meet him and then he gets found out right. because yeah. you, he has a choice to either save someone or let them die and so he exposes himself them as being force sensitive
0: okay. alright so it's possibly nothing then more than likely alright yeah. um, Lauren give me your final thoughts and your RMD score please
1: all right. Um, I, this was a good episode. It was good. Good story development as far as the characters are concerned. We sh- we're starting to really, really feel those bonds. Even with um, what is it, Sid? Um, that they're that they're working for. Uh, it yeah. feels like they've built up a rapport now. Like they've been yeah. doing enough mercenary jobs for her that like. There's there's a rapport there, you know, she's comfortable enough to be like, ah, come on, this isn't a clone like clubhouse. I'm, I'm not going to put up even more clones. Get out of here, like figure it out. Um, but she's totally lighthearted about it. Um, and it's clear now that the priorities have changed for the whole squad as far as like Omega and her safety being their priority um, rather than just Hunter and and him feeling obligated to care for her and wrecker seeing a buddy. It feels like they all have their their heads on like okay we have to protect omega and we're going to get to the bottom of things but her safety comes first. Um so it, we're we're growing. We're we're building bonds and building uh relationships and it really feels like time's moving along but not too quickly. Um I'm going to give this one an 85. That feels yeah. that feels right. It was a solid episode. Um we didn't really have many changes in scenery but we didn't need to because this was important. Story movement yeah all right Dave go ahead um just piggybacking off of what
2: Lauren said I mean absolutely everything in this episode, I think this is my favorite episode up to this point because we're seeing a lot of narrative threads being continued and some outside narrative threads being closed or at least being like what you said we're going we're going to halt them for right now we're going to leave it open but we're going to halt them we're going to close the curtain a little bit on rex but now you know that rex is out there and he's doing his thing and he's basically trying to help out the rebellion the the growing rebellion against the empire and i actually dig the fact that again in the, in another episode of bad batch we're seeing them visit more planets than even Mandalorian tried to do You're right. Like Mandalorian seemed to always be stuck on Tatooine and anything desert. Here we got in Bad Batch. You we've gone to um, various various yeah, like locales, locales, mm-hmm. and I love the fact that they that they decided okay, we'll we'll pull out a planet that probably not all Star Wars fans are going to be familiar with, but. For those that have played the 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 Fallen Order game, here's a little nugget for you. We're going to br- we're going to bring Bracket in and we're going to bring in the Scrapper guild. So that part of what what everyone was like saying was part of the Star Wars universe if you played the Fallen uh, Fallen Order game now is part of the Star Wars universe as a whole and it feels more complete.
0: Yeah. And So what's your, what's your grade?
2: My grade for this one, just with the family building with the group, I'm giving this episode an 89. Okay. I really like how all the relationships are building among the characters more into a family now.
0: Yeah. Okay. I'm going to give this episode an 88%. I really enjoyed the episode. I pretty much shared all of the things I loved throughout our discussion. So I'll leave it at that. Very simple. Okay. <laughs> are we, um, are we going to, well, how long until we get the, um, someone is raised mother theory connected to bad batch. I'm just wondering, <laughs> oh, is no. it going to be, is it going to be Omega or possibly even Rex? You know, maybe this is a, a story of, you know, transition and coming out. Like we, we don't know. Maybe he might end up being Omega, uh, not Omega's mother. That would, that makes sense. Um, well, neither would the Ray aspect, but you know, for purposes of jokes, it works. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's close out the show. I want to thank everyone for listening. Thank you, David. Thank you, Lauren.
2: Thank you. May the force be with us.
0: Oh, yes. Ah!